Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua and Salmo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. What an intro song that is. The Whip by Loxley. Credit to them. Uh, you know, old Leaf Gohorn always gets me uh, in a good mood, especially after a victory. And the Maple Leafs certainly did that on Monday night, smashing the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of five nothing today's episode is going to be a game day preview for game two here tonight in toronto but it's also going to be a look back uh from game one and how the maple leafs can kind of repeat that performance and hopefully take two of two uh in the opening first two games of the series with that let's start with the look back uh first half of this episode and um you know i think it's pretty easy to start off with what was uh, the most impressive factor in this game, and that was the crowd. I was in attendance at Scotiabank Arena, and I can, you know, attest that it was insane. It's it was unbelievable. I've been to so many games, playoff games as well, and I've never seen Scotiabank Arena in that kind of atmosphere. It was so special. I had goosebumps literally the whole opening half of the game. It kind of settled down once uh, the Maple Leafs scored four goals, uh, and Tampa Bay had nothing throughout the game and it was kind of you know the Leafs were in a good spot so but up until then this arena was rocking and even at the end the Bronx cheers for Vasilevsky the Tampa chant um it was just so special but the opening uh go Leafs go chant after uh Martino Ortiz's um you know oh Canada uh you know the go Leafs go chant was just undescribable John Tavares taking the opening face off and you have the whole arena echoing um it was packed. The flag, I mean, sorry, the towels were waving. It definitely got the Leafs off to a good jump. Um, I'm sure, you know, that gave them, uh, you know, a huge boost uh, to start the night. Definitely uh, nerves for sure. You can tell on the players' faces. Uh, but they just did so well in this game. And I'm so proud of this team. And how they played in this game tonight just shows how good this Maple Leafs team is. As and, um, you know, I've been high on them all year long. I think the emergence of Engvall, David Kahn finally here, Andre Kasha's return and what he's done this season. Then my boy Michael Bunting, who, you know, at the time of the preseason, I was saying even before the first game that this is going to be the big signing from Kyle Dubas. And as much as, you know, people kind of overlooked it, I remained um, faithful in Michael Bunting after, you know, following him with the Arizona Coyotes. And he really showed up here in Toronto and uh, it really paid off for Kyle Dubas and I guess all of Leafs Nation uh, now loves him to death and he's going to be back here tonight in game two so Michael Bunting is making his return but after the go Leafs go chant the Austin Matthews chant when he first touched the ice I think it was about three rotations in uh, because Sheldon Keefe and John Cooper were uh, you know 
guess mind games or line matchups. We're going constantly against each other in the opening frame. And Austin Matthews in the third rotation finally touches the ice. And those first couple strides, even before he got the puck, the arena erupted. And it was so special. And the moment I can't even describe, what was so cool about it is I've never seen that before. Like this guy just got on the ice and there was the MVP chance and all this. But what was special to me is, you know, on the way down to the game, you have the radio on. All you hear is about how big and bad the Tampa Bay Lightning are and how like, you know, this is the worst matchup the Leafs could have got. And, you know, the Leafs got 115 regular season points and they drew Tampa Bay, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions and all this stuff. It was the big bad Lightning. Just to see Austin Matthews come on uh, at that point, you know, early in the game, the way the arena erupted, this guy scored 60 goals, 51 and 50. We haven't seen that done in like three decades. And just, it just felt like, you know, we, we got this, like we have this guy here. Like it was just like, it was one of those movie scenes. And like, if you think about the Avengers or even the dark Knight rises, if you guys um, follow those movies, you know, when uh, Iron Man comes back and like, I, sorry, uh, Captain America. No, that is, I just ruined the whole thing. It was just so special. And, um, you know, it really gave you hope because Austin Matthews is like a superhero. What he's done this year has been insane. Um, but I just, you know, what a player. And it just made me more confident and it was really cool. Like I've actually never experienced that. So I wanted to bring that up. Um, but with that, you know, the way the least won this game was the commitment to the 5v5 play. And I think that's obvious. One thing I noticed uh, that really stood out to me was the active sticks uh, you know, the Maple Leafs were cutting down all passing and shooting lanes from the Tampa Bay offense. Um, no matter who it was, like I remember Kyle Clifford had a huge breakup, um, which, you know, when the Leafs had a penalty coming against them, um, he had a huge, if he didn't get his stick down, that could have probably been a goal there. They had some movement on the left side, um, that looked like it wasn't going in the least favor, but Kyle Clifford's stick got in the way. Kerfoot, what he did in that opening frame, that opening penalty kill, and I haven't even talked about Kerfoot's five minute yet, but that opening few minutes there, the commitment to the 5v5 play and the defense, and they were in your face. You know what I mean? Like they were blocking everything in their way. They were really playing in your face hockey. Um, you know, no space, cutting down every opportunity that Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point had. They were really shutting out the Tampa Bay offense. And uh, they were clearing the, out the traffic in front. And that was one of the keys that I had to the series was, you know, the Maple Leafs got themselves in trouble with teams like Tampa Bay and, um, you know, the Bruins because they wouldn't be able to clear the front of the goal for Jack Campbell to see the puck. And they did a great job with that in this game. And Nick Paul, um, a guy that I wanted at the deadline because of his net front presence, what he did against the Maple Leafs in the regular season is a perfect example of what could have happened if, uh, you know, the defense of the Maple Leafs wasn't on their game. And they really made it easy for Jack Campbell. But credit to Jack Campbell because he was stellar. I'm going to go more on him in the later end of this episode. But Jack Campbell was an absolute stud um, all game long tonight. And he deserves every credit of that. But just the commitment to the 5v5 play. They were fast on the forward check. They wanted this game way more than the Lightning. Um, you know, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, I know you can't be nervous because they've lost game ones in the past and you just won back-to-back cups and your core is still pretty much here. So I guess, you know, 
you can't be nervous losing a game in a series that's best of seven, but you have to be nervous with how this Maple Leafs team played. They were the better side by a large margin. And all I hear is that Tampa Bay didn't play good. And, you know, watch out because game two, Tampa Bay is going to come out. And even John Cooper's comments saying stuff like they had it easy and paraphrasing. That's not an exact quote. I remember watching a video and stuff from his media availability. Like, this is a joke. Like, take credit to how good the Maple Leafs played on Monday night. You cannot get a more perfect game from the Maple Leafs than that. That was, you know, beautiful hockey, systematic hockey. They were snuffing out danger from Tampa Bay. They didn't They didn't even let Tampa have that many shots. I think it was 24 saves for Jack Campbell's shutout. You know, they really snuffed out the Tampa Bay offense. And they're neat. they are going to need to do that here tonight in Game 2 if they want to be successful. But with that, let's go to Andre Vasilevsky now. Vasilevsky, probably my favorite goaltender in the league right now in terms of play all time it's mark andre Fleury. he's still playing but you know right now it has to be vasilevsky if i had to pick a guy for game seven to win me a game how can it not be vasilevsky what this guy has done in the playoffs is insane like he's just an absolute monster his size and everything like that he's just a freak of nature and what he does in the postseason and that's why you know a lot of people were sleeping on the leafs even though it's only game one so i'm telling people to kind of relax here because after the game on Monday, you would have thought the Leafs won the Cup with how the fans and the traffic in Toronto was reacting with the horns going and all that stuff. But back to Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky had a 1.90 goals against average in the 2021 and 2020 playoffs. So take that in. Under two goals. Tonight, well, sorry, Monday. On Monday, he gave up five goals against. He had an 839 save percentage. Vasilevsky was not in his game. And he started off well. He made some good saves. But I think it was just the constant high-flying hockey of the Maple Leafs. Um, you know, Kerfoot hit the post. And as a goalie myself, you know, like, once... If you get a couple post shots and stuff, like, you got beat. Those kind of feel like goals in a way. Although they didn't go in it. Like, it's it's a tough feeling. And you can tell that kind of bothered Vasilevsky. Um, I've watched Vasilevsky a ton of time. And, like, tons of time, sorry. And usually you can tell when he's comfortable. He will do his, you know, stretching in between whistles and stuff like that. And once the Maple Leafs started piling goals on and on and on, you kind of just saw him just stand there in the crease uh, during TV timeouts and stuff like that and not really communicating with his teammates. And I think that kind of got to him. And I think that's what they need to do here in game two. On the last episode, I said it was important how good of a start the Maple Leafs had because if they want to be successful, they need to score first. And Scotiabank Arena, like I said, it could be a very quiet building when the away team scores early, and especially if they get a second goal early on, and it could be almost like a library quiet. So the fact the Maple Leafs were able to capitalize first, and they were just giving it to Vasilevsky, the fans. And I think that's what kind of got in his head. I think that's why he had the mess up on the Austin Matthews second goal of the game. It He just wasn't himself. And tonight, you're going to have to expect a much better Vasilevsky because this guy, if, you, if you're not a fan of Vasilevsky, you have to admit he knows how to bounce back especially in the playoffs. I'm sure many are familiar with the graphic that TSN posted, but if you actually look, Vasilevsky, if you're not, has a 966 save percentage. He is 14-0 in five shutouts in a game after a loss in the playoffs. So over the last two seasons. So Vasilevsky knows how to rebound. That's what makes him probably my favorite goaltender right now is when he has these lapses, especially when it matters, he's able to find his game again and, you know, Vasilevsky tonight, 
I saw a lot of time in this game, especially early on, the Leafs were going low on him. You know, everybody, I guess, looks at him and his size and stuff. I guess they kind of feel like to go low on a guy like that. But he's just so good at, you know, covering the bottom of the net. He's so mobile, and that's what makes him, like, such a good goaltender. And he's a freak athlete because when you think, like, oh, maybe we should go low on a guy like this, I think you should be going shoulder, neck area, you know, the absolute perfect shots because he Vasilevsky's strength is his mobility and his skating and stuff like that. And you're not going to score on him, um, you know, down low. Like, you just won't. He's just too good of a goaltender. And if you look at most of the Leafs' goals tonight, like, they were kind of either movement-wise, like getting him out of position, which I think is really important here in Game 2. I'm going to talk about that in a sec. Uh, mobility went in terms of offense. But, you know, with Vasilevsky, I think they got to do the same. The Leafs also had way more confidence in this game offensively, I, th- I thought. Like, uh, Nylander in the first period, you know, he had a chance side of the net. He just put it on net. That's what I want to see more of. And I think the Leafs did that way more in this game. They weren't doubting themselves. There was no second chances. They were firing everything on net. And uh, it definitely paid off for them. So, I'm really happy with the way this team played. And I think Vasilevsky is a fantastic goaltender. He's definitely going to come play tonight. But I think if you get traffic in front, like the Jake Muzzin goal, you get him early. And uh, with the fan base in Toronto, if it repeats, uh, I think they should have a good chance here in Game 2 uh, against Vasilevsky. As much as I respect him, the goaltender, I he's beatable. He is. And we saw that with, uh, you know, even a guy like Igor Shosturkin last night who's well on his way to winning the Vesna. As good of a goalie as you have, a goalie can't win you games. They can only save you it. So that's coming from a goalie himself telling you that. So as much as everyone is like, oh, no, Toronto's done in this game. Vasilevsky is 14-0 and in games after a loss. No, no, no. Don't sleep on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They'll just keep proving their doubters wrong as they did so yet again. But one thing that was huge in game one was – Tampa Bay had 14 power play goals in its last eight games coming into the playoffs. And guess what? (laughs) They scored zero against the Maple Leafs in game one. Um, You know, this is what I was talking about on the episode prior to the game was that you have to win the special teams battle. And the Maple Leafs did that by far tonight. Yes, they only went one for six on the power play, but, you know, that, that dagger with the David Camp shorthanded goal, like, it, that was, I don't know if you guys saw, but it was kind of hard to look from the TV angle, but Kucherov jumped into a hit on Mitch Marner. Um, you know, definitely caught him high in the head area. His neck went back. It was a really scary play, actually. I had a good view of it. And, you know, that made me uncomfortable because we know how much Mitch means to this team, arguably the heartbeat of this team. And the way he played in game one is probably the reason the Leafs won by a score of, you know, actually, I'm going to stick with that. I think if you were to give an MVP in that game, it had to be Marner. Like it had to, in terms of penalty kill offense, the 5v5 play, the commitment to blocking shots. And, you know, Nylander too, the guy who played with food poisoning and was absolutely awesome as well. But Marner was the heartbeat of this game, and that goes with Kerfoot as well. Those guys were, you know, huge on the penalty kill. But Tampa Bay went 0 for 5. And, you know, that is something that is going to need to, I guess, continue tonight. And the Leafs were able to be successful on the penalty kill by, like I said, active sticks. They were in your face. They weren't letting Kucherov look across. And that's one thing that... The Leafs did well. They made Tampa Bay flustered. They were angry. They were frustrated. 
they were looking for a lot of cross crease kind of movements because you know you could kind of tell that's how they play and how they attack the Leafs defense and that one three that one two one kind of you know penalty kill structure the Leafs have the Leafs are going to nail you sometimes so you got to be aware that they're so aggressive they're not afraid to push the puck up and you know Tampa Bay switched I think Maroon is coming off the second unit now for Nick Paul um obviously Maroon's mobility is his strong suit so they're giving a little bit more speed to the second power play unit which I think is probably a good decision on their part because uh with how aggressive the Maple Leafs are on the PK, uh, they're going to bite you. And they had tons of offense. Like I said, they got the shorty, David Camp breakaway. Um, but, yeah, so if the Leafs want to win tonight, they have to repeat that. And they have to be in your face. They were tough on Kucherov. Kucherov was non-existent for almost all of this game. He had a couple bright spots here and there. But Steven Stamkos, he fanned on two wide open nets, like wide open nets. Goals. That we've seen Stamco score his whole career. If he got that opportunity 100 out of 100, he's doing it every single time. Wide open cage. I think the fan base and, you know, the hard forecheck of the Leafs really got to Tampa Bay. I don't think they were expecting that at all. I think they were overconfident in a lot of ways. They were kind of just playing with the puck, especially after going down, uh, you know, the first two goals, I guess. Um, They really got comfortable. And I think that the Maple Leafs need a counter on that again here tonight. And, be in your face and be tough to play against because we've seen Tampa Bay struggle against teams like this. When you're in Tampa's face and you know you're hard on the forecheck and um, you know you give them very little time and space, this Tampa Bay team is not the Tampa Bay team from last year. And yes, they got Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel, but they are not Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman. So if you're in your face and I mean in their face and uh, you play aggressive on the PK, the Leafs should be successful. But it's going to be on special teams tonight and. The Leafs are going to need some power play goals. Obviously, you know, Austin Matthews had three points in game one. He's going to need to keep that going here in game two tonight. Mitch Marner, though, you know, three-point game. He was plus three, 19 minutes and 18 seconds. Sorry, 19 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time. Um, You know, you just can't ask for more from this guy. This guy was on the PK. He was an absolute stud, and his his playmaking ability is unmatched. Like, it's when he's, you know, knifing through defensemen and passing it, uh, through open seams, tape to tape, like he's just so dangerous. And Austin Matthews is one heck of a player, arguably the best player in the league. But Mitch Marner is so underrated in his shadow. If he was on any other team, Mitch Marner would undoubtedly be talked about as one of probably a top ten talent in the NHL. Not top ten player, but a top ten talent for sure, possibly even top five. But Jake Muzzin's goal, we're gonna need more depth scoring from the defense, uh, more secondary scoring. Uh, you know, TJ Brody, if he can chip in some offense, that's not really his game, but just little stuff like that. Mark Giordano, and, you know, he's had a fair, you know, a fairly positive offensive result since coming to Toronto. So just the scoring from the back end, uh, Lilligren as well. Like he almost, I think that was a goal. <laughs> I just think because of the scoreline, they probably didn't want to you know, make it six, but I think that looked like a goal. Um, but yeah, if the Leafs are able to contribute on offense defensively as well, um, this team should be in a comfortable position. Tonight, it's going to be tough. Like Tampa Bay, you know they're going to come ready. They've lost game one, I believe, 11 times since John Coopers took over the Tampa Bay Lightning head coaching job, and they've won eight of those 11 games. So, yes, it is going... I'm sorry, they've won the series eight times out of 11 uh, game one. So, 
This series is far from over, and tonight they made some changes. On the first line for Tampa Bay, it'll be Andre Palat, Steven Stamkos, and Nikita Kucherov. The second line will have Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli, and Alex Kalorn. The third line, Brandon Hagel, Nick Paul, and Ross Colton. And the fourth line of Perry, Pierre-Edouard, Belmer, and Patrick Maroon. Obviously, the fourth line of Maroon, Belmer, and Perry is the same. It's the same Tampa Bay fourth line that they've used all season long. No changes there. But Hagel, Paul, and Colton. Hagel is, you know, that factor that can really change a game. And it's just a matter of time. Uh, he's feisty. We saw him get into it with Pierre Engvall. He's got dangerous speed, like real dangerous speed. And uh, he could score. He could shoot the puck. So, Hagel isn't a guy that, uh, you know, I want to take lightly. I know a lot of Leafs Nation's talking about how kind of a bust trade he's been so far. Only a couple goals. I think he's got like seven points. But Hagel's speed is unmatched. So, you have to be aware of him still regardless. And with Nick Paul down the middle now on his line, uh, I think they're going to work well together. Nick Paul definitely carries the size of this line. Probably not the same foot speed as Hagel. Probably nowhere near that actually, but... For a bigger guy, he's still relatively quick. Um, like I said, he's a space creator. I believe he takes more than one defenseman on him because of the strength and size that he has to carry the puck in the offensive zone. But uh, he could definitely take some pressure off of the other players. And, you know, that's where you got to be aware of. If you give Hagel space, he's going to take it and do well with it. So that's what I'm scared of tonight is that third line. Nick Paul likes to create space for his wingers, and that's what makes him so good. And it's kind of why I wanted him here in Toronto, honestly, despite how heavy we are offensively. But uh, Hagel, now that he's going to get a little bit more space when he's on the ice, could be a dangerous factor. So the Leafs do need to watch out for that. And Ross Colton, left-handed shot on the right side now is also something to watch out for. Colton, um, you know, signed last year, uh, was a rookie, did pretty well, almost point per game for a bit, and then he kind of, you know, matured out into more of a two-way role so he's not your offensive scoring guy but he's got a strong two-way game he's physical in the forecheck and uh, i hope his neck's okay because kyle clifford uh really ran him uh in game one i think it was like clifford's second shift and he just like completely just you know boom head into the glass dirty play i must admit and uh i was not happy with that decision by kyle clifford as much as he did get the juices flowing and stuff like that that could have ended really badly for the Maple Leafs and you never want to see a player go into the boards like that and I don't like that stuff so um you know definitely something that I was a little bit you know unokay with but with the top six now for Tampa Bay they reunited Sorelli, Kalorn, and Braden Point and they try to space out the depth on their offense uh in game one and you know going into the playoffs in the last few regular season games but this top six is what they're comfortable with Andre Pilat. Stamkos and Kucherov, they are so good together. So that's something to watch out for. And Kalorn, Sorelli, and Point, you know. Sorelli, uh, he's going to be playing center, probably taking the majority of the draws. Braden Point's got the speed and the offensive ability. Braden Point in the playoffs is usually really, really good. So that's another thing to watch out for. Uh, but Sorelli, you know, two-way player. Um, yeah, I kind of like him more in that third center role with Tampa. But uh, he's, you know, just awesome and uh his speed and size and you know he's even got good hands and his i guess grit and physical edge is a huge reason to why tampa's won back to back so definitely something to watch out for there but Kalorn and palat um they just go up and down on the left side here in the in the top six uh palat definitely more of a shooter and probably possesses a better shot and you know sniping ability but Kalorn is just a more gritty in your face kind of uh pucks on net kind of guy can bring you energy when you need it left hand shot really good player as well 
Um, so that's definitely something to watch out for uh, on Tampa. The Tampa Bay pairings are the exact same tonight. Uh, Cal Foot, I thought, had a pretty good game against the Maple Leafs uh, Monday. Obviously, you know, I mean that, like, very gently. <laughs> Nobody on Tampa really played good, but uh, Cal Foot, younger guy, right-hand shot. He was physical, man. He was in your face. Um, he was tough to play against. He made it hard for the Leafs. Obviously, they did get their breaks, but... Uh, Cal Foot, you know, younger guy, he's going to feel the momentum going into game two here tonight. Um, I think he has a potential to be their best right-hand shot defenseman on the Tampa Bay Lightning for years to come. Eric Chernak, I think, occupies that role right now. He got roughed off by Morgan Riley in the last game, um, you know, but he's going to be back tonight playing on the pairing with Victor Hedman for the Tampa Bay's top pairing. But McDonough, Cal Foot, Jan Ruda, and Sergachev, uh, Sergachev and Ruda are supposed to be the third pairing. Sergachev, I told you, he is going to give you power plays. He's uh, hot-headed at some times. He can make some questionable decisions. Like I said, he did the headshots at Marner, I believe it was, in November. And then he punched Michael Bunting in the back of the head last game in Tampa. So he, you know, is going to do some plays out of frustration. And that's something to capitalize on. And Tampa Bay was the most penalized team in the regular season. And I think you are second most. And I think you have to make them pay for that. Despite uh, the theories of how there's no penalties in the playoffs, which I think is absolute BS. Even Gary Bettman said that there's some, I think it was like an advanced metric where the play, where the penalties are actually called higher in the playoffs or something like that. So they need to take advantage of that against Tampa. But the Leafs were penalized more um, six to five in terms of penalties. So that's something that the Leafs want to fix. But the top power play unit for Tampa Bay is Pierre Edouard, Belmere, Alex. No, sorry. The first, <laughs> I meant penalty kill unit. The first penalty kill unit is Pierre Edouard, Belmere, Colorne, McDonough, and Chernak. Same unit as last game. They're going to need to take advantage. And one thing that I really liked what the Maple Leafs did last game was they called a timeout on the five on three, but it was the horizontal passing. They were going side to side, side to side before. Um, they got it on Matthew's blade. But the reason I like this so much is because, yes, these were easy horizontal passes. Tampa Bay was not going to let Matthew shoot. They were going to let Marner and Nylander and all the other stars on the Maple Leafs have their opportunities, but they were not going to let Matthew shoot. They were, you know, closing down his shooting lane. But what passing horizontally did uh, was open up space for Matthews. And they went across behind the net. It was Marner to Tavares to Nylander, Matthews, then back down low. Then just by going horizontally to each other, it opened up space and time for Matthews to walk into a shot and finish it to get the Leafs' second goal uh, of this game. And that's what the Leafs are going to need to do tonight. They are staggering as a unit, the Tampa Bay penalty kill. They they got good structure. They're a fairly decent unit. They're going to give you space, but they were just really closing down Matthews' shot. And that's something we see a lot with Alex Ovechkin in Washington. And just going horizontally really opened up space and time for Austin and uh, Tampa Bay really got bit on that one because Belmare should have been up higher before Matthews got that puck. But with that, let's go to the power play unit now for Tampa. It's going to be Alex Kalorn, Braden Point, Kucherov, Hedman, and Stamkos on the first unit. Stamkos, you know, I have a feeling he's going to come play hard tonight. Obviously, when you have a player this talented and how frustrated he must have been after game one, he's definitely going to come ready tonight. Um, but this team, they had their practice the next day. Uh, and they all they did was work on offensive zone entries to open the practice and uh, you know stuff like power play entries and you know that really worked into Leafs advantage because they were tough to break down they were in your face but 
Tampa Bay have a feeling with the way the leaf structure plays, they're going to look for the seam passes through the middle. They're going to look to kind of cut up the Toronto Maple Leaf structure with how good of a passer Nikita Kucherov is and Victor Hedman and what he can do. If the Leafs are able to protect in front of the net and uh, you know use their active sticks again, be hard on the forecheck and physical in your face, give Tampa Bay uh, you know, limited time with the puck uh, to make their passes, they're going to feel forced. And that's what I think they did in the first game. They forced a lot of passes. They, they kind of got you know frustrated and the Leafs did well in that and the turnover. So the Leafs are going to need to repeat that. And I can't preach it enough because on the penalty kill, I feel like that's going to be the deciding factor tonight. Obviously, I already mentioned Andre Vasilevsky uh, is going to get the start against Jack Campbell. But to kind of finish off the episode, I think it's important to mention the Maple Leafs lines for tonight as we do kind of a guess game day preview number two here. And what is important to me is that Michael Bunting returns. And Michael Bunting taking a spot back on the first line between Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Bunting's return is huge and, you know, everything he brings to the Maple Leafs, that physical edge, the grid edge, um, you know, just an awesome player. But the second line, Mikheyev, Tavares, Kerfoot, I'm excited to see that line again. Kerfoot, fantastic game. I do want to see him kind of play more with Marner, uh, 5v5 play. They were just so good together. They really fed off each other. They were the reason the Leafs killed that five-minute penalty kill and um, power play, sorry. And they just need to, like, bring that again tonight. And Mitch Marner, you know, he's been the, you guess, pick-me target for the Maple Leafs fan base uh, whenever the Leafs do get eliminated from the postseason. But he really showed up in game one. And playing him and Kerfoot together, they brought such a defensive aspect to the Leafs. But they also provided on offense as well. They're not afraid to push the puck up. And we've seen time and time again them score shorthanded. So I would like to see them play together at some point tonight. But the third line, Nylander, Camp, and Engvall, there's no way I'm touching that line, changing it. Engvall, uh, his emergence has been so awesome uh, in the second half of the season. I'm not going to lie, I was not really a big Engvall fan the first start, uh, first half of this year. I thought he held on to the puck too much, uh, a little bit too much of, I guess, passing. And, you know, he had some shooting lanes where he didn't really shoot. He just kind of looked for the second-best option. And I feel like now he's really started to transition his game into more simple hockey and pucks on net style and it's really working out for him with his speed and grit he took a beating in the first game i'm not sure if you guys saw that all but the tampa Bay lightning really made it a factor to go after pure angle and even he dished out the body as well from his side of things so angle was a huge performer on monday night and i don't think he gets enough credit because man he was a huge factor especially in that opening frame he was really laying some hits out when clifford was tossed um, but the fourth line tonight is where I want to talk more of, and that's Kasha on the left side with Blackwell and Simmons. Uh, you know, Andre, right-hand shot, is going to be playing the left side. His speed with Blackwell, it's definitely going to overpower Tampa Bay's fourth line speed. So they have the advantage there, but Simmons and Blackwell without Clifford um, or Spezza, we haven't really seen this combination with Kasha a whole lot. Obviously, he's just coming back. Um, you know, after his concussion. But Kasha, the speed with Blackwell, they're two smaller-sized guys, but they're both not afraid to get pucks on end and provide in the offensive zone. And I'm really looking forward to how this line produces tonight. I think Wayne's going to have a good night as well offensively. I think playing with these two guys is going to help him a lot, um, especially offensively. So, you know, I'm excited to see how they do. Patrick Maroon, uh, Patrick Maroon, Pierre-Edouard Belmare, and Corey Perry – 
Um, they're, you know, a really good team as well. And that's a good fourth line, arguably one of the best in hockey. But um, I think that this fourth line speed could provide the Leafs with a serious advantage. And then on the fourth, uh, sorry, the uh, third uh, third pairing tonight, we have Jordano Lilligren. Obviously, you know, that's a really good mix. They've really helped each other's game since the trade deadline. Muzzin, Brody as well. Muzzin was a big factor laying some hits. I think he had team high six hits on Monday night. If we can get that Muzzin again tonight, provided some offense through the body, uh, you know, just simplified his game in that aspect, then uh, Jake Muzzin's going to be arguably the best defenseman on this team. Uh, we're going to need to see that Jake Muzzin here tonight because you never know what kind of Muzzin you're going to get. If you're going to get the opening season Muzzin or the one now, and it's, you know, two different ends of the spectrum between awesome and not awesome. So uh, I'm really hoping we get the Monday Jake Muzzin tonight. And then the top pairing of Morgan Riley and Ilya Lyubushkin. Uh, Morgan Riley's kind of nervous in this fight. He punched, uh, you know, Eric Chernak square in the face uh, or the top head, the forehead, and he opened him up good. There was lots of blood on the ice, and, you know, a lot of people were calling him it's a cheap shot. Chernak was down, but that looked like playoff emotions got the best of everybody in that scrum. Uh, it was actually interesting to see Morgan Riley get into physicality, but, um, you know, good for him. Uh, he's arguably Leafs captain without being the captain. So long as Henrik Leaf right now, uh, definitely the workhorse on the decor and he's going to need some offense, uh, tonight because if the Leafs want to be successful, they're going to need secondary scoring. And I believe that comes from the defense as well. Guys, like I already said, Lilia Grin, even TJ Brody, who's not known for providing offense. If he can find some stretch passes down offensively, I'm not saying get points, but I'm saying, you know, chipping in and helping make plays. Um, that's what I want to see from the Leafs tonight. And just to finish it off is Jack Campbell, who's obviously going to be the starter tonight. Soup, shutout, in back-to-back games now. He's been a wall. Like, he's just been a wall. And uh, he talked about how his wife made him a chicken breast, and he watched the Ozark, and we was with his cats the night before the game. If he did that last night, the Leafs should be in a comfortable position because he was awesome in the first game of the series. And everybody's talking about the Leafs' goal tending and how that's going to be their concern and, you know, are the least for real because of Jack Campbell. And I think Jack Campbell did great. Um, I think he showed up. Uh, he really snuffed out the Tampa Bay offense early on. He was a wall. And if we get that simple kind of stellar goaltending from Jack Campbell where there's not a lot of rebounds and he makes the easy saves look easy and the hard saves look easy as well um, and just really – keeps it clean uh the Leafs are going to be successful and I'm really looking forward to how Jack plays tonight I'm excited for tonight I hope Scotiabank Arena is just as loud uh Tampa Bay is going to come hard we know that for a fact as much as the media beats it into our head that the Leafs got lucky they did not they deserve that victory credit to Mitch Marner for being the heart of this team and I cannot wait to see what the Leafs do here tonight obviously we're gonna need the stars to perform but it's going to be one off the depth scoring here tonight especially with how heavy the Tampa Bay top six is going into tonight so pure angles the david comps andre kasha and even wayne simmons in his own right are going to need to play extremely well if the leafs want to take two games of two because i think taking two games from two going into tampa bay is really important and it's also you know really good uh motivational aspect and something to rally upon once you get to tampa because think about it, if you just win one game in tampa if you win tonight that's a 3-1 series lead potentially could be even a sweep uh but let's not get ahead of ourselves tampa bay back-to-back stanley cup champions fantastic hockey team they're going to come to play tonight they are 
Steven Stamkos are going to come play tonight, but the Maple Leafs, I have a good feeling about tonight. Uh, go Leafs, go. I will be back here tomorrow, probably with my co-host, to uh, recap tonight's, hopefully, a win um, from Scotiabank Arena. I'll be there live uh, to watch the Maple Leafs hopefully get their second win in the playoffs in just as many nights. Uh, so that's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Go Leafs, go. And uh, Tampa, we'll see you in a bit.